0: And now, it's Health Naturally with herbalist and natural therapist, Dennis Stewart.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure to have Dennis Stewart in the studio and Dennis, today you're looking at infertility.
0: Look, we are Sarah, it's a fascinating topic and people might say, well why would you be interested in infertility with using herbs? Well, there's a few stories to be told about the role of herbal medicine and its effect on some levels of infertility.
1: And I know mm. that you've been uh, discussing uh, a couple of different herbs, slippery yeah, elm and golden yeah, yeah. seal, but you're looking at a different one today.
0: Well, actually, we're looking at two herbs. Uh, they're colloquially known as the unicorn roots. And uh, interestingly, they're known as true and false unicorn roots. Herbal, herbal medicine's fascinating, you know, and I, and I wonder how many of these herbs have got their names. I prefer, as a professional lecturer and medical herbalist to actually refer to them by their botanical names. So when we talk about uh, false unicorn root, uh, it's known as Camillerium, and when we talk about true unicorn root, it's known as Elytrus. They're the botanical names, but true and false unicorn roots uh, is, is, a, is a nice way of referring to probably the most significant bracket of remedies in Western herbal medicine that are used to address multiple problems associated with the female reproductive system, but in particular being able to address some levels of infertility associated with the female reproductive system. And I have gone on record for many years, and I still would argue it, that Western herbalism has never had two better herbs to use in addressing some levels of female infertility than the two iconic remedies true and false unicorn root.
1: Hasn't modern medicine treatment made uh, natural medicine outdated or unnecessary? Mm.
0: That's a very good question. And the first thing I would say is that uh, only a, a fool or a quack would say <laughs> that that herbal medicine is the answer to infertility. That is absurd. When I talk about um, natural treatment for infertility, what I'm talking about are conditions, uh, relative to the application of natural medicine and usually conditions uh, that have been well profiled medically and usually conditions that are what we might refer to as being associated with a functional level of infertility that is the the person has been well investigated uh, and frequently there can be found no explanation as to why a pregnancy hasn't occurred and this is very disconcerting for many couples Now, in this area particularly, um, I have found over very many years, uh, herbal medicine, particularly utilising the iconic American herbs, true and false unicorn root, have been sometimes remarkably successful in um, producing a pregnancy where couples for many, many years have have been in despair because of, after having spent many, many thousands of dollars in attempting to fall pregnant via the mainstream, nothing has occurred. Now this is no criticism of the mainstream when uh, patients presented my clinic with infertility the first thing I do is screen those patients because I do not put myself out to be an obstetrician, gynaecologist um, or anything else I screen those patients and the first thing I ask and the first thing I would suggest to couples that are having difficulty conceiving is that they have an understanding medically as to what's going on. And I believe it's, it's improper, perhaps it's going a bit too far, but it would be my opinion, it is improper for uh, practitioners outside of the mainstream to begin to treat this condition unless patients have been well and truly profiled and screened medically and have been uh, seen to be uh, beyond, if you like, what modern medicine can offer them. Now, that needs to be emphasised because this is an area where uh, it can be very vulnerable. People can be in a very desperate situation and there uh, would be people in in both areas of medicine who would take advantage of people's desperation to fall pregnant and and perhaps not function as ethically as they might do. Um, I think it's very important um, to screen, to select to look at patients who uh, would be appropriate to the application of natural medicine. So it is true that the big breakthroughs in fertility uh, have occurred, and occurred rightly so, within modern Western scientific medicine, and and thank God for that. But people might be surprised when I say that uh, very frequently the mainstream techniques, the mainstream procedures... Unsuccessful, And I believe, therefore, when couples have exhausted those avenues and there is no explanation as to why they have not uh, concluded uh, their medical procedures with a the pregnancy, they should then uh, be looking at some of the options that are available. From competent, well-trained, registered practitioners of natural medicine.
1: So, Dennis, what are the properties then of the unicorn root? Who's a prime candidate for that? What will it okay. target?
0: Look, a prime candidate for those for those particular herbs would be a couple that I've just spoken about, uh, a couple who have been well investigated. Uh, the, the male partner has undergone all the appropriate uh, testing, sperm tests, as we call them. Um, there's nothing uh, gross there that explains uh, they're not being able to conceive. In other words, his sperm profile is good. And the woman has been well and truly investigated. She has been shown uh, to have no endometriosis. She's been shown to be ovulating regularly. There is no obvious abnormalities associated with a reproductive system. This is a classic case, well, I call it a classic case, uh, what I would uh, term um, functional infertility, that is a case that is very, very responsive to a herbal medicine treatment frequently led by the true and false unicorn roots and I would say I would say that unless those herbs are represented in Western f- herbal medicine formulations, uh, in my opinion, the formulation would be somewhat deficient, and this is what worries me that. Uh, the the perhaps scarcity of the iconic American selection may in the near future compromise our ability to be able to help people with fertility problems.
1: Now Dennis, you were in a unique situation uh, with the herbal mm. treatment when you came back to Newcastle in the 80s and it ended up having international repercussions. It did. So, oh, oh, this is juicy.
0: It, it's a very very fascinating story and again it tends to indicate and emphasise that area of female infertility that herbal medicine uh, best services. I returned from from uh, Sydney. Uh, I um, um, closed my Woronga practice and decided to come back to Newcastle and began practice in Church Street. And I can remember in, in that uh, practice, very early in the practice, a, a dear lady presented who had been desperately trying to fall pregnant for quite a few years her husband had been able to father children to a previous uh, wife so he was no problem unfortunately this dear lady uh, who has been well managed by excellent uh, gynaecologists had a major problem with endometriosis now Mm. endometriosis is a a major cause of female infertility and To explain very briefly to the listeners, endometriosis is essentially um, endometrial tissue that has escaped and has infested, as I call it, other parts of the reproductive system, which in this case had caused major problems in her fallopian tubes and after numerous treatments with appropriate medication and some treatments in seeking to clear uh, the tissue, uh, no success and th- this was very distressing. In fact, uh, in in desperation I s- would suggest, the dear lady presented to my Church Street practice and um, and I was able actually to uh, look at the report and the report essentially said that one of her fallopian tubes was entirely occluded or blocked. The other one, the other one, was so severely occluded or blocked that it was unlikely that it, it was functional. And um, interestingly, her own her own obstetrician gynecologist concluded that, in the absence of, of uh, their approaches being able to help, it was reasonable. That was the terminology that was used. It was reasonable that she should seek uh, to find alternative procedures. Um, and this was interesting. So, I took on the, the, this case, which was one of the I felt, felt one of the most difficult ones. I'd uh, treated at this stage and the result was was very pleasant. The result was a, a pregnancy which defied, I mean defied all the possibilities. This should not have happened. Uh, the lady was not a young woman, very compromised reproductive system, endometriosis being the main problem. Um, we treated that condition again with an infertility formula spearheaded by these remarkable remedies And the lady went on to to fall pregnant and, in fact, uh, fell pregnant twice, uh, the second time without uh, needing my medication. It's quite interesting that seemingly once one pregnancy has occurred...
1: kicks in. Something kicks kicks in 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 the female body. That's what I like (laughs) to say.
0: (laughs) But the, the interesting thing is this, and I'm not going to mention any names, obviously, but unbeknownst to me, a colleague of this dear couple... From, uh, from Pakistan, he used to visit them regularly on his business trips to Newcastle. And he knew of the uh, desperate attempt of this young, or this couple, to, to conceive and have children. Interestingly, uh, they also knew of his situation inasmuch that his dear wife, uh, back in Pakistan, uh, a woman in her 40s, had been for years trying to fall pregnant unsuccessfully and in some cultures that is uh, somewhat disappointing more disappointing perhaps than what it is in a western culture so unbeknownst to me and this should not happen but it did happen unbeknownst to me he took back to pakistan a significant quantity Ah. of what i call my fertility mix (laughs) now the interesting thing was after this lady had and by the way uh, the gentleman and his family were a fairly wealthy family um and uh, had uh, political connections i would say with uh, with the establishment and so he took this mixture back to pakistan and the results were incredible um the lady went on at this late stage of her life as a result of using the fertility mix to have a son <gasps> and Very good. Uh, 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 that that son now uh, is obviously a, a man. He's probably now, I don't know, probably in his 40s, maybe a bit more. But he's uh, he, he lectures now in the United States. But the interesting thing was that after utilising this medication to treat his wife or to help assist his wife in a pregnancy, uh, I was requested on numerous occasions to forward more quantities of the fertility mix to his family who were scattered <laughs> around the world and i have a photograph uh, which is in my rooms of one of the last photographs i saw of this this man this dear man who in fact turned out to be a delightful friend he was he was um he was a, a practicing muslim and he knew that i was a practicing christian and we linked hands with what we could agree on, the truth of the one God. He died, unfortunately, of cancer, but before he died, he wrote a lovely email to me thanking me uh, for what the, what I had done for his family and um, thanking me for his friendship. Lovely story.
1: And thank you uh, for waiting so patiently. Phil, you're in Bonnells Bay and you've got a question for Dennis Stewart today.
2: Yes, about I think a month or so ago, eat told somebody about uh, some medication to get rid of spurs, and I didn't quite
0: catch it. Okay. I was in car. Okay. Phil, um, the use of mineral therapy, in my opinion, has been very successful in many cases of helping this condition. Now the first thing I will say is, not all cases respond to this treatment, but I remember very well and I think I've mentioned it on this uh, program before uh, the validity of of the, of the treatment was recognized by, by a colleague of mine whom I met interestingly in, in John Hunter Hospital one afternoon when I was visiting my uh, ailing father-in-law and as he was coming out I was walking in. Now I'd known this gentleman for many many years. We had Uh, as young men gone to the same church together, and uh, we grew up, so to speak, together. And as uh, we met in the corridor, he said, I've become a convert to your system of medicine. And uh, I said, oh, have you? His dear wife had, for many years, accessed uh, medication from my clinic. And he said, yes, he said, I've become a convert. He said, I was always very cynical of it, or words to that effect. He said, but um, my wife uh, has, has encouraged me to, um, to to try natural medicine so he said I went on to what you recommend and what I recommended and still recommend are two minerals and those minerals are known as celloids C-E-L-L-O-I-D-S C-E-L-L-O-I-D-S C-E-L-L-L-O-I-D-S, celloids oh, they're a particular oh, form of mineral now the two minerals are sodium phosphate and silica And they're little uh, little tablets, which uh, have to be persevered with. Taking them is is not likely to resolve the problem overnight. In fact, in many cases, it may not resolve it. But of all the treatments that I have used to address this significant problem, the prescribing of those two minerals over a period of time, sometimes over quite a few months, has at least brought about relief. And in the case of this dear friend of mine whom I met in the corridors of John Hunter, he became a convert, actually, to natural medicine because the celloids that I've mentioned resolved his spur condition.
1: Hello, Gladys and Talara. You've got a red rash on your nose and you're just wondering what creams you can take. Yes, thank you.
0: Hello, Gladys. Hello. Gladys, the red rash on your nose, uh, have you had it medically assessed?
2: No, I haven't, but I did hear you... Mention it, or yes. someone else had rang before, okay. and you uh, did say there was something that they right. could uh, use.
0: The reason I ask that is that um, any rash should always be investigated, and particularly in, in, in where, where it's in a facial situation, um, it could be associated with what we call rosacea, which is a common condition that does manifest itself somewhat as a red rash, but. I would be a little bit concerned that um, it might be a little bit more than that. Um, whilst skin cancers don't normally, uh, well, as far as I'm aware, produce as a, re- as a, a spreading rash, uh, it could be, and you should ask your doctor about it, it could be a basal cell um, carcinoma which needs to be looked at. If everything comes up from your doctor, and I keep coming back to this, you must see your doctor about this if if every, if everything comes back as being um benign and um you want to try something to lessen some of the inflammation there is a cream known as the GA cream GA and the GA cream I frequently use for conditions such as rosacea which is a common red uh, facial rash mm. that can sometimes be pustular also and it can affect the, the nose as well as the cheeks. Um, it's a condition that can be helped by what I call the GA cream. The GA cream is a cream that's based on an extract of licorice. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: Even though it's white, interestingly, um, it is based on an extract of licorice um, and it's in, a, in a, a zinc aqueous cream. Now, it's a very benign cream. Um, I have used it. In fact, I reintroduced it. Into medicine in this country, I believe, probably 30, 40 years ago, it was popularly used prior to the advent of steroid creams, Um, and it it uh, it helps conditions such as rosacea, uh, dermatitis, all these uh, mild inflammatory, itchy conditions. uh, It's useful for, but again, it's
2: not not itchy or anything. It's just, just, and it's been there for quite a while, it's just there, you know.
0: And look, this is why I would suggest, and I keep coming back to this as you would expect me to say, get it looked at, Mm. but but if you want to try something uh, that has helped these benign uh, facial conditions, the GA cream...
1: Pauline in Maitland, you've got a question Hi. about heel spurs. Yeah, well, I just came in the end of, into the car. Um, my son
2: has, I think it's plantar fasciitis. Is yes. that the same thing as
0: heel spurs? Yes, well, it's in the same area, put it that way. Yeah,
2: so what was what, it you said you, you, you tape it?
0: Well, look, again, what I would say here, Pauline, is what I said to the previous gentleman. Yeah. This is a condition that is, is, that is sometimes very responsive to mineral therapy. But please don't interpret it as being no. a, gu- a guarantee. That would be quackery no. to say that. But what I say on my program is based on my experience yes. over many years. Yes. So I have no problem in saying that there are a bracket of remedies, mineral yes. remedies, known as celloids. CELLOIDS. C E D O I D S. C E D L O I D S. Uh-huh. And um, they, the two that uh, are the leading remedies for this are sodium phosphate, it's abbrevi- just abbreviated SP, right, right? and silica, just abbreviated oh. S. Now those two little preparations come as a t- in a tablet form. Mm. Uh, they're produced by a well-known manufacturer whose name I will not mention, but, yeah. but very accessible, particularly from naturopathic practitioners. They're not mm. always easily procured. Uh, from health food stores because they are practitioner products. No, but, no
2: but, worries, but, but I know one of them, okay. so it's okay. Good, good.
0: So, <laughs> sodium, uh, sodium phosphate, SP and silica S, persevered, ah. persevered with over mm. quite a few months, has mm. helped Has helped uh, many, many people with this condition. Not a problem. And that GA cream,
2: where do you get that from?
0: Okay. Again, um, where do you live? Maitland. Okay look you you may have a compounding pharmacy up in Maitland right if you Mm -hmm. if you have a compounding pharmacy they may Mm -hmm. well be able to manufacture it if your pharmacist can't help you well then contact me and I'll tell you where you can get it. I know where
2: your rooms are can you
0: go there and get it? it's best best for me not to to go there contact your compounding pharmacist and from there you you work out what you want to do
1: 49216216 is our number today uh let's go to graham now graham in lake memora you've got nerve pain in your finger yes that's
2: correct
0: yes hello how are you What what's the basis of your nerve pain
2: um, about four or five months ago, I was opening a, a big tin of Milo and the aluminium foil at the top cut my finger. Oh, oh okay.
1: The Milo it gets Just out. only a
2: little cut. Yes. There was nothing, but ever since... I went to my doctor and she said, you've cut the nerve and it's going to take 12 months to heal. I,
0: th- I would I would have to agree with your doctor. I, I don't think there's any um, fast way uh, to, uh, to happen with this. Um, I don't think herbs or the application of herbs... Uh, right. could speed the process. I think your your doctor's on the money, so to speak. Time oh, is, th- okay. T- yeah, it's t- t- just okay, so painful. time is the great healer in most of these situations. But right. um, I don't think there's anything that I could confidently recommend for you to use that may may ease it.
2: Oh, okay. As I said, it's just so painful at times. It throbs. It's almost unbearable. But
0: then it goes again. You know what I mean? I do indeed. But look, If I knew that, if I knew there was something that uh, I could confidently recommend to apply topically to ease the pain, I would reckon I would recommend it. But, uh, but no, unfortunately, sorry. I can't. Um,
1: no, oh, yeah. Graham, who sorry. opened your Milo tin after your injury? That's a big concern for me. Just still get your cup of Milo.
2: Yeah, I did. I I, I ripped it off in the end. It wasn't much of a cut, but you know what I mean? But just ever since then, oh, my
1: God. Yeah. What a bummer. So time, Dennis. Time is the answer there. Let's go to another caller now. And don't forget, if you want to ask Dennis a question, we do have a free line and we have five minutes left, so get in nice and early. 49216216. Kerry in Maitland, a, a question for Dennis today. Oh, where is I, she? Oh, there she is. Yeah.
2: I'm here. <laughs> Hi, Hi, Dennis. Hello, how, are you? Carrie. I'm
0: very well, Carrie. how are you? I'm very well,
2: Kerry. How are you? I'm very well. I have been to your offices before oh, a long time yes. ago. Yes. Um, I have stenosis of the spine. Yes. I'm having surgery for it. Yes. And I was just wondering the um, uh, uh, the stuff that you've suggested for spurs, yes. how,
0: is that, would that be suitable for that? And how does it work? Look, I'd be, I'd be surprised if it was suitable for that, and I, I wouldn't recommend it to you. I think if a surgery is being contemplated for your condition, yeah, your condition yeah. is a surgical condition. So I would suggest set your sails uh, for that uh, and don't look for anything outside of that approach because I think you might be wasting your money. But
2: wouldn't um, taking that stop me from getting them again?
0: Look, it could do, but I think... Focus on what you've got to do first up, see what uh, the situation is subsequent to that. In my opinion, if anyone is developing spurs, well, then I would argue that the use of those two minerals may have some preventative virtue.
2: Okay. All, All right,
0: right Kerry. Well, I'll
1: try that, Ben. Thank you very much, Thank you, for your Kerry. Help. Good on you. Yeah, good luck with it, Kerry. Now, Dennis, you are respected uh, because of your regard for mm. mainstream medical support. Yes. But how does that have a bearing on your treatment with infertility?
0: Well, I uh, pretty well. Uh, I sort of indicated this right from the start that um, my regard for mainstream medicine, most people know, is as great as theirs. And I have said on this program and I've said in my lectures and and other programs that um, there is no contradiction or there is no clash, in my opinion, between the mainstream and what we do. Natural medicine functions in a very specialised niche, uh, working hand-in-hand frequently with the mainstream, And with reference to female infertility particularly, as I said earlier, um, practitioners depend very, very much on patients having been screened, diagnosed and well understood uh, before they present for treatment with, say, natural approaches. There are multiple natural approaches. Western herbal medicine is one approach. Some patients even get uh, value from acupuncture in infertility. Uh, So there's nothing new in using uh, other procedures to seek to establish fertility. But my approach as a modern Western uh, herbal medicine practitioner is to insist... That medical investigation, maybe treatment even, take place before the application of herbal medicine is utilised.
1: So you would say do that first, first and oh, foremost? Absolutely. Well,
0: I, only a, a matter of a couple of weeks ago, a delightful uh, a lady saw me and I said, Look, I'm, I'm happy to proceed only on the basis that you have been screened and so has your partner. She said, Yes, she said, I thought you would say that. She said, That's why I'm here, I respect. Uh, your viewpoint on this so that's the way that i approach it this way there is no clash everyone is kept on side and i come back to the point that not always does natural medicine achieve the objective but by gee over many many years uh, it has helped many people and uh, there would be listeners to this program who could vouch for the fact that it has helped them
1: that is wonderful, mm. Dennis. I guess your main concern uh, about the herbal treatment mm. with infertility is the diminishing availability sure. of unicorn sure. root. Is there a solution to this? Can we grow more?
0: Oh, look, it's it's a North American herb, as I've already already indicated, and many of the North American herbs are becoming endangered, uh, becoming protected, uh, because they have been overutilized. Uh, the, the countryside, in my opinion, has has been raped by the uh, people using herbs uh, purely as almost a, a food supplement and that, in my opinion, has led to the scarcity and the unicorn roots now are so expensive that it's sometimes embarrassing to prescribe them. Is there an option? No, there isn't because they are very, very scarce even in their natural environment. They're very difficult to grow, very difficult to grow. The only hope that I have is that just as the herb golden seal in the United States became so scarce that it was seriously taken up and subsequently cultivated, despite the difficulty with the unicorn roots being even more difficult to to cultivate, I'm hoping that modern advances in horticulture uh, and propagation may see the situation where they remain available as Icon remedies in Western herbal medicine. Fortunately, my professional life is coming to an end, so that probably won't affect me too much, but it will affect the Western approach to infertility.
1: Dennis, look, we've only got a couple of minutes left, so let's take a final call now. Brian in Rutherford, what's your question for Dennis Stewart today?
2: Dennis, I seem to um, had a lot of benefit with some herbs with my emphysema.
0: Oh, yes, Brian, yes, yes, yes.
2: I found
0: them some capsules. Um, they had four ingredients. I can't remember the l- last one, but one was called bushkamu. Uh,
2: uh I'll say it
0: again. Um, I, I'm not, I couldn't grasp that one. Okay, the other one is bibitaki. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, bibitaki. You're, you're, you're talking about an Ayurvedic remedy. Thank you. You're talking about Ayurvedic herbs from what's called the Ayurvedic medical tradition.
2: Yeah, and, yeah, possibly, yeah. And, and, I remember reading on them that. Yeah. Yeah, and, like the Salty, um, yeah, yes,
0: Salty. Yeah, yep, yeah, they're there, distinct remedies from India, which form the yeah, basis which form the basis of Ayurvedic medicine, and they have a relationship to respiratory conditions. Yeah, I found uh, pretty good success with these, and they've greatly improved my uh, lung function. Now, isn't that great? Isn't that great? Ah, uh, really good, they are. So uh, I've recommended to a couple of people on some of these forums with COPD and that. Oh, that's
2: wonderful. Um, and uh, a couple got back to me and said yes, they've, they've um, responded well to them too. So that's good, obviously isn't that's, it? That's been no lot of ailments, like hard conditions, or anything else. It's if it's purely tumor. yes. And yes. I've gone, I've gone from stage four on the Gold system, twenty-eight um, percent lung function. Yes. My last rating was 69%. That's good. And... They
0: gave me some spraying between tests and it jumped to 79%, which the doctor thought was amazing. That's great, isn't it? That is well some really well good done.
1: feedback. Uh, Dennis, we are just about out of time. Mm. Uh, thank you so much for coming in today. Some well, really interesting time. stuff there. And I was asking you off air, uh, of these patients that come to you, once they've been screened, mm. they've sought traditional medicine, mm. you have a pretty good success rate of, of uh, getting couples that family thereafter.
0: Look, I think we've got a bit of an advantage in as much as a lot of the hard work has been done. (laughs) We we, we do pretty well. Let me just emphasise that. We don't win everything, but we win a few.
1: That is wonderful. Dennis Stewart, thank you so much for coming in today. That is Health Naturally.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel.